Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thursday. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? Millie, feeling good? Hon- honestly, all right. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is the Florida of it all for you. I and know. for all of us, of course. But I was, I think, uh, we were thinking of you. I was thinking of you and all of our Florida listeners. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, in general, it's like, we're happy that we won, but it's like, why are these so close? But then the Florida thing, you know, is really complicated. I'm happy to get into it later today. I have so many thoughts on Florida, but the most important one is that I just read um, in our chat that Tiffany Trump is, quote, flipping out because her wedding's about to be ruined by a hurricane. In Florida. In Bad Florida. things in Florida this yes. week. Yes, obviously. Um, that uh, deeply satisfying headline because <laughs> here's the thing, like, look, I don't wish like pain or real, you know, anything really that bad on anyone, but on <laughs> Tiffany Trump, I'll miss, I'll, I'll wish like a slightly worse wedding than she should have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've canceled. Like my friend was in a in a conference in in my hometown in Florida, and she had to like leave two days early. Like it's a really serious. I wouldn't be surprised if the whole wedding's canceled. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they did. They canceled a lot of stuff. They're like basically just dramatically redoing it. Like, well, they said they're, they're opening the guests. club on Friday, and. I mean, that a lot of people won't be able to come because the airport's closed. But also, like, they know people with private planes. Figure it out. If they want to be there that badly, you'll mm-hmm. find out who really likes you. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Miranda Priestly. Yeah. She's not She's not the older Trumps. Her whole, like, her whole thing is that she's not the older Trump. She doesn't have to be associated with the dad. Exactly. She could have. She could have chose to be like, I fucking hate my dad, whatever. But she chose to follow in the dad's footsteps and follow him to Florida. If she would have stayed her ass in New York City and had this little wedding here. The thing is, she's marrying an actual billionaire. So she's, she's not going to need, she's not going to need the Trumps after this. She's just, she's simply not going to need it. She chose to stick by them because she isn't as grossed out by them as some other people are. I would say that, you know, when Trump is stressed and unhappy, I'm stressed and unhappy. But, you know, something tells me he's not bugging out over Tiffany's wedding, maybe being downsized. Unfortunately, I don't think that's he cares that much. <laughs> I wonder if you fuck. think do you think he cares more about being increasingly irrelevant to the Republican Party? Or do we think those are those that punditry is overstated before we get into the notes for today? Let's just hope that he doesn't have any more documents because I am sure he's really pissed off. I'm just like, 
if he wasn't like a big front runner for 2024, I'm like, yes, this is the kind of shit I want him to tweet about. Like I want, <laughs> I'm like dying to hear his tweets about this, about Republicans, about his daughter's wedding. Like he's funny, but you know, then he is a threat and a terrible human being. So it's mm-hmm. hard, but. Well, have you guys seen the clips this week of like, it seems like Fox News is like jumping all over Ron DeSantis because like he won by a lot and they're like, great, this guy can, we can all just pretend Trump never happened and this can be our guy now. Yeah, there's like a coordinated, I mean, all of Rupert Murdoch's properties have clearly been coordinating. The Wall Street Journal is dropping him. The New York Post is dropping him. Fox News is dropping him. It's really just wild because they're clearly so led by their audience rather than vice versa, which is mm. in, in theory the responsibility of a journalistic outlet. Um, yeah, no, I think that like this is – this is not because they like want to be done with Trump. It's because the voters spoke to being done with Trump everywhere but Florida. Yeah, no one's using his product anymore. It's not working anymore. Right. Like what's their benefit when they they wanted to get rid of him forever? They don't want to be under his Yeah, like, I mean a lot of every control. single every single like election denier or extreme candidate that Democrats propped up in the primaries did lose like that risky strategy did kind of pay off. And it seems like the party is kind of realizing that. But yeah, I I, I do prefer this brand for him when he can tease when he can tease them. I would really love just like the next two years for just to be just nicknames rather than this man actually trying to go to the White House again. So in terms of outcomes, we're still waiting for results out of Nevada and Arizona. It's still looking like Democrats will hold their 50-seat majority if they win both of these. In Nevada, my understanding is that Adam Laxalt has largely exhausted the votes he's going to get. Like, he's basically, it's run its course. The, the rural counties are in, even though lots of votes do remain. Cortez Masto is sweeping the Clark County mail-in ballots, as expected. A lot of these came out this morning and considerably closed the gap. I've just seen a lot of local local data crunchers say that she she really just has to do minimally well with these remaining votes. Um, so, you know, this, this has been kind of like a scary one to watch on TV as we've waited for these, but it's looking like she has a real path to victory there. It's so it seems also Mark Kelly is looking good. Um, there was just a big, another big tranche of Arizona votes that I think like Katie Hobbs pulled even farther ahead and Mark Kelly probably did too. So it seems likely that Democrats will win both Arizona and Nevada with a chance to expand their Democratic majority by one if Raphael Warnock can overtake Herschel Walker in in the runoff. So that's that's where we're at at the end of this week, which feels like a pretty, pretty good. So that's interesting because if they are able to get 51 now that they have um, at least, I think, one senator, John, uh, John Fetterman, who said he would vote to get rid of the filibuster – is it it may be possible that let's say they do win the house the democrats right now it's looking like it's leaning republican but it could literally be a difference of like one seat maybe two seats i wonder if they will actually work to codify roe and if they're going to pass some voting rights and some election protections you would think hopefully that will be the first thing they do once um these election these results are called I mean, if Fetterman is pro filibuster reform, and I think Warnock is too. Well, he no, I think we issue. need one it's more. Joe Manchin yeah. and Cinema, but maybe Cinema yeah. can be persuaded because mm-hmm. the VP doesn't play a role in the filibuster part. Oh, really? Okay, because no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, can't Kamala like lean like be the tiebreaker or whatever? No, I don't no. think for the filibuster. I don't think so. Yeah. Either way, they need to get a fiftieth senator who agrees to get rid of the filibuster rules. 
and we will see if we are able yeah, to. Yeah, like we've been saying, like I think the pressure is different when it's going to be all on one person versus all on two people. Like remember Kirsten Cinema did come around on the big spending bill because like Joe Manchin already had. So like she did get some concessions, frankly, but like when it's just one of them, when they don't have the cover of like an extra, I think it's easier to push them. Like especially if it ends up being Kirsten Cinema and she is literally the only senator in between codifying Roe to whatever extent that can be helpful. Like which it just has to be be done because they're going to do a ban. So we might as well get ahead of it. There has to be something that they can give her politically. Yeah. To agree to get rid of the filibuster. You can have a cut of every abortion, Kristen Cinema, if you want. I was going to say they could give her some extra PTO for her wine internship. but Perfect. Fine. Everyone has different needs. Give it to her. I I was going to say a Charlotte Russe gift card, but. (laughs) (laughs) Are there still Charlotte Russes? I feel like if there are, they're in Arizona and Kristen (laughs) Cinema is. The sole customer. In a mall outside of like Tucson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She works there on the weekends. That's why she's also can we talk about we just have to talk about Chuck Grassley for a moment. You guys I'm sure saw the tweet that said he's literally older than cookies. <laughs> like yeah, chocolate cookie. chip cookies. That's I think so long to invent cookies. I yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, he's older than everything. But my I think what I think happened is he heard Barack Obama say, if you like your health care, you can keep it. And he's like, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving. I'm going to be a senator forever, forever. Why would he? It's, it's it's a six-figure salary. I don't know why this 86-year-old likes to fucking travel so much. That sounds terrible. Not, I mean, I know this all sounds ages, but like to travel with my grandpa is like – No. It's You have to have multiple like strategy meetings, meetings around it. Honestly, like – my grandfather was the person the person who was like on his laptop on his literal deathbed. There are just some people who like they don't they can't stop working. It's like too much a part of them. Work and like somewhere I think else. they believe <laughs> right. I think they believe that but if they stop working, they will die. What I don't understand, mm-hmm. right? This man is his term is gonna end when he's 95. But also Diane Feinstein's 89 too. Yeah, and she's she says she's gonna run again the next time, I think. Oh my when? god, girl, Where? you're running nowhere. You just run to the <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> there's a 29-year-old that has kids and a fa- you know has a family that can't run mm-hmm. because he's not old enough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Yeah. there are people who are 90 like that just doesn't make sense. And as we're talking more and more about the Gen Z like demo and how we had a fir- like our first Gen Z candidate like it's just crazy that these people have aren't in touch with, you know, the reality. Anything. <laughs> with anything. And also, it's just like what they're doing and what they're deciding, they're not going to live out the consequences of, right? They don't care if we're not, you know, investing in infrastructure or climate or any of that because they're going to die very soon. Like, so, it's just you know a fact, I mean? relatively They don't soon. seem to think yeah. so. No. Well... And it's crazy because, you know, we can sit here and complain and I am complaining, but it's like, then I remind myself, like, he won. He won. They had a fucking opportunity. I don't know. I, I don't know who ran against he him. He had a great primary. opponent. He was he, really great. Yeah. He's a really hot no, old was, man, yeah. but not as old. Mm-hmm. And like, just seems like such a great guy. Franken, whatever. He was Didn't using his out. age like Grassley was to his advantage because he was he was starting to say like, imagine like. I, I'm the oldest person there. I'm Senator number one. If you choose this guy, he'll be Senator number 100, which is nonsensical, like no actual implications. But like, I guess some people were like, oh, when you put it that way. 
No, it matters for funding. Like if you're more senior, you're able to get oh, better funding I didn't know for your it, state. I didn't know it did so, that beyond beyond like the actual leaders. Got it. No, I, it, that they get seniority if they've been there aspect. longer. Okay. But I have a feeling that that's like the whole argument. Like we'll yeah. be able to get more money for Iowa. Term if limits. They, yeah, term limits would be nice. Term limits would be nice. But I think this is just like – Again, something that's been disturbing, and I don't know if it's because turnout in midterms is low or what, but it's just like some of these races should not be this close. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. I think this this relates to the conversation we're going to have for a lot of today, which is also about Stacey Abrams. It looked like people were very motivated to vote for Brian Kemp a lot more this time than when these two ran against each other in 2018. So mm -hmm. it seems like Walker benefit from that because these are Republicans that turned out and they probably were just like, sure, why not? It looks like there was some ticket splitting because it is very close between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. I think people feel fairly good about this runoff for two reasons. Kemp won by a lot, as we've just been mm -hmm. saying. So the voters who turned out really wanted him to be the governor. And it looks like he might have, Herschel Walker, probably just benefit from having his name on the same ballot because he's a terrible candidate, as we've discussed for four months now. Secondly, Democrats, I'm curious what you guys think about this since we've been talking about this. Democrats will already have won 50 seats. So it's sort of like we have 50 plus, plus Kamala Harris. So like that sort of maintains where we've been at. So I can see how Republican voters in Georgia would get really excited enough to turn out for Walker just to deny Democrats that Senate majority. But I don't know if they're going to be as animated about stopping us from getting a 51st seat. I, I'm not sure they're all that clever about it. Like, if you're a Democrat in Georgia, obviously you are. <laughs> but what do you guys think? So I some of, something that I heard, which it will be interesting with the runoff, but something that I heard is that like, the difference between Fetterman and I wonder what the margin is between Warnock and Fetterman's like wins. Cause I think Warnock did win, but by not enough to not have a, war a runoff, right, uh, you need right, over right, right. 50%. Exactly. Yes. That's important um, to note. He did exceed Walker. He did exceed Walker, but not, yeah, not in a big enough margin. And what they were saying, you know, what people were saying is that, Fetterman really leaned into how ridiculous of a candidate Oz, I mean, Oz was. Yeah, the fuck that and guy approach. The fuck that guy approach, like, really leaned into that. And Warnock did not. Like, Warnock just kind of made the case for himself. So I wonder in this runoff if 
they're going to go a little bit more aggressive with really highlighting why he's not the, because mm-hmm. I think we know, and like we can, you know, if you ask me name three reasons why Walker's a, a joke, we, mm-hmm. you know, I can do it easily, but it's hard maybe for the centrist or whatever to kind of understand that, or maybe that's not yeah. something that's been politicized by the Warnock campaign. So that's just something that I'm wondering too, is like maybe the gap is there because people just don't know how ridiculous or how bad of a candidate it is. They just, again, with the media framing, like both sides are bad, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kind of bullshit. Um, instead of being like this person actually neglected all of his kids. <laughs> like, it's not a good Yeah, you're movie. right. You're right. I mean, it, it seemed like towards the end of the campaign, at least Warnock was tweeting some funny things. He was like, don't let Herschel Walker represent my mom. But he was speaking in generalizations. You're right. Like, I wonder if they could have spent more time being very, very, very specific. I am sure that the party is probably sending some some people that were really effective in winning Senate races down there. I mean, it's it's a shorter window this time. I think last time it was like, I mean, remember it was January 5th <laughs> when we found out. We found out at like 11 a.m. that that they won. Yeah. For sure. We thought it would yeah. happen, but like it actually calls it like 11. And then they started like attacking the Capitol at 1. Oh, God. That was their first day. Their first day there. It was a good two hours, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was. So let's let's keep talking about Georgia. Like so, as we said, the balance will ultimately come down to Georgia, where two men have basically split the vote 50-50, with Warnock eking out, you know, a, a little bit of a victory, but not enough to avoid a runoff. Which is very interesting, given that the state's voters chose Bryant Kemp over Stacey Abrams by a pretty healthy margin. Uh, Kemp got 53.4% of the vote and Stacey Abrams got 43.8% of the vote. So it's about Kemp got about 1.2 or 2.1 million and Stacey Abrams got 1.8 million. So she turned out a lot of voters. So who did not turn out for Stacey Abrams? Early exit poll data. And I don't really know what to make of exit poll data. This is just what it says. And people are handing this around and we'll be looking out for like the final numbers. But this is, you know, ed- hopefully this is edifying and fairly accurate for now. But the data showed that Abrams wins. This is this is noteworthy because I think there was some concern that black men wouldn't vote for Stacey Abrams. But the exit polling shows that was not the case. Abrams won 90% of black voters in Georgia, including 93% of black women and 84% of black men. And according to the Washington Post, that's nearly identical to Warnock's support among both of those groups. However, white women in Georgia overwhelmingly supported Brian Kemp. 72% of white women, according to the CNN exit polls, supported Brian Kemp, with just 27% of white women in Georgia supporting Stacey Abrams. That's so few white women. And I, Yeah. And I, I don't have the numbers for Val Demings either. And they're they're very, very different candidates, but I mean, I'm just the person that's always surprised. Like, only a quarter of white women voted for. You know, like, any white where women? Where have they been? Yeah, I know exactly. Honestly, I think in this situation, you have not just the fact that you're like in Georgia, like it's Southern white women, so you're not going to have as many. Even like in, let's say, like Atlanta, who are super progressive. I think just culturally, mm-hmm. you know, like they get married earlier. Kids, it's just a different culture. That's the first thing because it's in the South. Second thing is that just, you know, innate massage noir. You know, I think that they, you know, I think Stacey Abrams gets kind of painted as this, like, they know that she's really powerful and very yeah. well liked by a lot of Democrats. So they, she gets painted as sort of this like extremist future of the progressives and the future of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. But, 
And I think especially compared with Kemp, who's like what Republic, what I would say more conservative people consider to be like a normal Republican. I think they're like, oh, like they're he. I almost feel like he benefited from the contrast with how ridiculous Walker was because then people are like, oh, like I won't vote for like the craziest one. But, you know, this Kemp guy is really rational and they don't have like Brian Kemp is a normal person. To all vote he did for was that. not overturn the election. That's all he did. <laughs> right. So they not, trust him. He's like going, he's like pro uh, he's pro life. He's going to like. He stated that he wants to ban abortion. Um, but now Republicans, and- all they need to get pride out of is just not not denying the election. What do you, what factors do you think were at play here for like Stacey Abrams just, I don't want to say doing poorly among white women because it's our fault, but I'm sure, were you surprised by the, the exit polls there? Yeah, because I think that it, it was, I guess for me, it was the number that sticks out to me is the 53% that voted for Trump. And this is even like even more abysmal. And I think that I'm just, I'm just thinking like strategy wise is like, obviously she spoke to black women and black men and even a majority of Latinos, even though the margin isn't as great as I thought, but I'm like, maybe Democrats need to start the way that the way that white Democrats have always gone to black churches and like really, really like played with the black vote. I'm like, maybe Stacey Abrams and other people need to start going to yoga classes and doing because but like it's funny, but it's like meet us where we're at. Yeah, go to Target. I no, she she did go go to to Target. Target. Yeah, she did. And honestly, bitches loved that. I shared that. And so people were like, oh my God, this makes me so happy. And it did. And like uh, people from all races, but that's, that is. But it's like, yeah, she needs to start. We Do we need to start grooming and understand, like really having a case for white women and working hard for that white woman vote and like letting people know like what they benefit from. And also like, cause there are going to be people that are unconvinced, but I'm just like this big gap of like, between fucking mm-hmm. 72% of people voting for Kemp versus 72% of white women voting for Kemp and 53% people voting for Trump. Like there's like, that's just crazy to me, you know? And, and it is this discussion that we really need to yeah. have on like, I mean, yeah, I think that I, I have had to come to accept like just not every single person. And I do expect this typically more from women. So not every single woman is interested in pursuing an ethical course in every aspect of their life. And a lot of people are just concerned with what they think will benefit them immediately. The other Mm -hmm. factors are just not important to them and they don't understand why they would be. And it is very hard for me to understand that. Like I do understand the factors that would have uh, motivated women to white women to feel that they should vote Republican. I just thought that they would be like, it's it's the it's the headline that comes up all the time. It's like I don't know how to tell you to care about other people. And of course, mm-hmm. like we're women, so we're talking about women, and all of this applies to the men that voted against Stacey Abrams too. What a, a fewer t- only twenty three percent of white men voted for Stacey Abrams, so mm-hmm. all of this applies to them too. But I don't know. I don't know why I keep getting disappointed. Sammy, you seem less less surprised and disappointed because, like you said, have you met one of us? <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm just zero percent surprised. Like mm-hmm. I think that. I mean, this is, I'm high, I'm seriously generalizing, but I'm also curious what about like white female Gen Z voters. And I think we'll find that out 
sooner. You'll find that out shortly. But I want I'm I wonder if this stops at like the millennial generation because Well, it does. Oh, you have it. Yeah. Good. Well, we're well, right. Gen Z voted overwhelmingly Democrat, and even like yeah. later in the outline, Amanda Found and Jesse Waters is crying about yeah. unmarried women are more likely to vote for uh, Democrats than yeah. Republicans. So it's literally you're you ha- nailed it on the head that it's married white women are voting Republican. Yeah. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I posted this Fox News clip because I knew our single women audience would get really amped up about it and want to talk about it. And I thought they would have interesting things to say. But it is quite interesting because I don't want to say this Fox News anchor Jesse Waters has a point. Let, let's let's play the clip for our audience. Also, single women are breaking for Democrats by 30 points. And this makes sense when you think about how Democrat policies are designed to keep women single. But once women get married, they vote Republican. Married women, married men, go for Republicans by double digits. But single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. So we need these ladies to get married. And it's time to fall in love and just settle down. Guys, go put a ring on it. So obviously that is generally very, very silly and misogynistic and dumb. But but I want to talk about if if he's right about any of it. I mean, let's as we're talking about Georgia... Let's look at another Georgia exit poll, which says that single women were more likely to support Abrams than married women. Um, married women, only 50, only 42% of them supported Stacey Abrams, but 63% of unmarried women supported her. So to me, I think there's a lot of things at play here. I think a big part of it is age, especially depending where you look. Like unmarried women are likely to be younger. Unmarried women also are just like I can see the correlation between more, more liberal more liberal attitudes. But I mean, how do we reconcile how this is a very dumb statement, but there do seem to be some voters who don't feel fully empowered or interested in making decisions for themselves? And is this an impact of the fact that they're married to men and just going in that direction? I don't think it's that because they're married to men. I think it's right now the culture, the way things, you know, the combination of the talking points within the culture war, the um, the way that there are two economies. And if you're a married woman, you're more likely to have been pulled up into that upper echelon of the economy with your husband. 
if you're white especially. And so you're probably not like as sensitive to, you know, the social safety net at all. You're probably complaining about inflation because like your bullshit's more expensive. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah, but all of those, but, but that's also fed by like the conversation around them. What I think is interesting about Jesse Waters is that like he thinks it's like, oh, we got to get these women married because like they'll change once they're married. <laughs> yeah. Does he know? He, he's like almost there. It's like it's not mm -hmm. that they're married. Like there's plenty of like married, very progressive women. And also, ha has he does he know any single women in their in their 30s? Because every single one I know is trying a little bit to get married. Yes. And it has right. nothing to do with their political What he's view. saying is we need more women to to hitch their privilege to more white men and to recognize so that they can be complicit with us. Like we need to hook more of them. And he said Democrats are capturing, but really they want to do the capturing. Well, what he's revealing is what he actually defines as what actually he thinks the point of marriage is. Like yeah. he's but he's basically saying we need more women who are helpless without hitching themselves legally to a man who's going to control their finances and just general being. Yeah. But that's so that that only works under his definition of what he thinks marriage is. But like our you know, our marriages are not like that. Mm -hmm. So and as a single woman, <laughs> I feel like the only single woman oh, right. supposed. Um I I just also think that if you're I do like we talked about people getting married old, uh, younger in in Georgia, and like the fact is that a lot of people are. I mean, some people are trying to get married, but some people is like, as we're getting, has time has passed. Marriage is not a goal for a lot of people. Marriage isn't that ultimate thing, and if I do think that there's a correlation between being conservative. And wanting marriage to be a goal. Like I do, I, I disagree with you. And um, mm -hmm. I would say that, yeah, like, like, again, you know, you are more susceptible to the social safety net and all that when you're single, but it's also like, you also want to be like, like women have more choice. We can have credit cards and jobs and stuff. So of course we're going to be more picky and, not just align ourselves with anyone, just like you were saying, there's a lot of really great progressive women that are married. It doesn't mean that if you're married, you're a Republican, right. but it's also like, it, there is a difference and you're going to want to get abortions when you're not married. Because <laughs> you don't want to tie yourself to just any guy. Also, if you're married and you don't believe that you need to like you know, procreate till you die, like, like, Lots of married people yes. are getting abortions for their own personal reasons. Yeah, and these these women will just drive somewhere or fly somewhere, I guess. Interestingly, I just searched the the average age for women of getting married in Georgia, and it's it's twenty six, which isn't like tremendously young. Like that's a pretty. I mean, it is for New York. That's a child bride. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, is it? it in, in what's New the New York, York age? It is thirty one. I think. 31.4 in New York, Massachusetts, California, Connecticut, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. We are drying up, ladies. Good it's for us. It's because it's cities. It's because it's cities. Because when you're in a city, you have way more opportunity to meet people. You have you're yeah. probably working more intensely on your career. You're probably doing a wider array of things. If 
there's nothing to do in the suburbs if you are unmarried and maybe don't have kids. Like having just moved there, there's literally you. It's it's not affordable to live in the suburbs. I think that's another factor is that if you're married, you're also more likely to have kids, and I think that's when you do find that sometimes women will um, be find themselves connecting more with conservative, like affiliated things. Like exactly sometimes charter schools, just education more broadly. You saw a lot mm-hmm. of that. I think that's what got Glenn Youngkin ar- um, arrested. Mm-hmm. Elected. Those like CRT shit. Exactly. So I think this brings us nicely into our final topic for t- today, which is the House, which we're still waiting to be called. But I think a huge sort of part of that is how successful Republicans have been in New York State. They have flipped four seats, including Sean Patrick Maloney's. He is the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Not great. When New York Democrats had a supermajority in New York, basically, they drew a set of maps that were fairly advantageous, as you do, as Republicans do, why not? And unfortunately, they were rejected by a court that said they were too gerrymandered and they appointed a special master to draw the districts. And that special master made the districts more competitive. So I know I was still ignorant by, or still surprised by some of these outcomes because I'm still ignorant about New York and how big it is and the kind of like how dynamic the population is. But like I said, four seats have flipped already. And New York's third congressional district, a Democrat was defeated by a man who was in D.C. on January 6th. And also, I don't understand this candidate at all. I will read you a headline. A gay Republican who said Trump was at his full awesomeness on January 6th is headed to Congress. This person won a seat in New York, and there will be a few of these Republican pickups again, but there are also a few toss-up races yet to be called that weren't supposed to be this close. What is what is happening here, Sammy? I know you've been turning this over a lot, these outcomes. I have so many thoughts on this, and I feel that I can finally like speak to this very fully because it's where I'm from. And this is literally where I've lived my whole New life. York know, matters. Like, all these people. <laughs> yeah. New York matters. I know I saw I Rockland County. <laughs> Right. This is crazy. Okay. So first of all, the one who said Trump was at his full awesomeness on January 6th was, so he is now the representative in the district I grew up in, which was always super blue. Like I didn't believe my vote counted as a child. Okay. That, that guy, a moderate Democrat, Tom Swazi went and fucking ran for governor, lost, got like nothing, no votes. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened is he gave up that very safe seat what happened here was two uh, gay men were running against each other. Mm-hmm. And Santos, who had lost to Tom Swazi in the past, actually ended up winning. So now a seat flipped on Long Island there. Um, long, but okay, that's then Sean Patrick Maloney slipped in Westchester, which is kind of similar to what happened in that Santos district. Like mm-hmm. you have what was typically more blue, like forever. Yeah. And it now is not. Okay, here's my theory. The New York, so New York has always been a blue state pretty much because of the city and also downstate, meaning like Long Island, Westchester, that tri-state area suburb was always so blue as well. But upstate was always rural, red, so there was always like the upstate, downstate issue. And when you're saying upstate, do you mean like the Hudson Valley through like Albany, Buffalo, or do you mean Albany, Buffalo? area. I mean like Albany Buffalo. I mean like where it gets like, yes, some of Hudson Valley, but where Hudson Valley is now more built up than it was. Mm -hmm. So now I would say, yes, the, I'm talking like really rural areas, which are basically like Alabama, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. that's the vibe. It's just in the North. Um, so now based on what has happened, it looks like New York is going to become more of a state that looks electorally like Illinois where you have like everyone in Chicago is the turnout and then the rest of it votes red. The difference Mm -hmm. is that now Long Island and Westchester, which were not typically red, are now like 
really red. And I have a few theories about what happened here. Mostly this happened, I would say, between like COVID and now. And I think there are really three factors that are belying this. Mm -hmm. One is the culture war that really picked up from COVID. It started with COVID. It was the masks. It was about the vaccines. And then it sort of became about like this woke people in the city and BLM, like they don't get it. Like, you know, so they became very like insular out here on Long Island in a way that I'm saying out here because that's like, (laughs) but like they, they got very insular in a way that they never were. Like we grew up in a super, Aileen Jordan and I grew up in a super liberal town. Like everyone was like, Jewish Democrats. And then maybe you had a few people who were like secretly voting Republican because they were really, really rich. Now you have the culture war that kind of came around during COVID that has now become like about like wokeness in the schools. Like they don't, you know, there's, I think like you're going to see a lot of school board fights in Long Island and Westchester in the future. Then two other reasons. And they kind of intertwine here as well taxes. They love the Trump tax cuts. And they're going to expire. really wealthy. And they're expiring. People are really wealthy. And then you have the Israel issue. And I think Mm -hmm. you have a, the taxes goes along with that because people who are, tend to be wealthy, there are a lot of very wealthy Jews in these areas in Long Island and Westchester. And I think that they have become They believe that the Democratic Party is extremely hostile to Israel, even if they're not like super Zionist. Mm -hmm. It's this feeling of not being welcome in the Democratic Party, which then like dovetails really perfectly with like the progressive squad and like the wokeness. Yeah. And it all starts to like reinforce themselves. So like now they're like the voting for a Democrat is not in my interest financially. And it's not in my interest in terms of like I feel unsafe because I'm Jewish and Like, I don't want to deal with this annoying woke shit and, like, all the looting that they then, like, invented in their head. Yeah. Do you think that these districts signify the, like, all of the doom and gloom punditry about crime? Do you think that this is maybe an area of the country they they kind of were right? Yes. And I think that they were only right because that's where they're from. The media Mm -hmm. is from the East Coast. The people who are, like, forming these narratives are people who live in the suburbs and New York City. So they're affected by the people that they hear from. They're reading the polling, which is like its own thing. And yeah, yeah, people in New York are talking about crime because it's a city. You hear horror stories. You have next door. It's always going off. I mean, I don't have next door, but people in theory have next door. Um, and you I can't just avoid think- a page, you know, a page sit like a New York Post headline of the worst thing that ever happened on the subway. But I'm always like, why do you care about from the Hudson Valley? Like, it's not bothering you. Well, it's like you hear that it's a you hear the the talk about it, and you want something to contribute to the conversation. Not me personally, but a random and I guess white woman on Long Island, city, yeah. who's like, oh, I I heard this. Then you go repeating it. Because it becomes like, this is what everyone's saying because I heard it in the five minutes I was watching NBC. That's happening in LA too. Yes. LA, it's the same thing is happening in LA. It's just like its own little West Coast flavor with the celebrities and the Caruso and his thing. But in New York, it is these, it is this very interesting and to speak, okay, Florida, South Florida is the part that's going red, which is making Florida much more red. There is so much cultural overlap between the long, the New York suburbs and South Florida. Those there people is. are snowbirds. There's, there's, they go back and forth. So many of those people went to Florida. 
so that they could avoid COVID. They got fed all this shit. They're like, it's so much better down here. No taxes. I can do all this stuff. What totally. I think the media did was extrapolated like this one demographic and acted like that was the narrative of the midterms. But in reality, this is a real narrative. It's just like only here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because like I don't I don't want to indulge inflating the importance of like those those subject matters, but it is interesting that like we are still talking about the balance of the house because of some seats in New York and potentially California. And also as Sammy and I have been talking about, like there was redistricting here that like did mess everybody up and didn't do anybody any favors. But like you still should be the more popular candidate when you're running against somebody that was at the insurrection. The redistricting would not matter if the sentiment wasn't also different. Like mm-hmm. it, it's it's the redistricting on top of the sentiment shift that is re- a real shift. Like it is a different place. Long Island is a different place than it was five years ago. And yeah, it's it is and it's very populated. Like there's a lot of fucking people who live here. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's the people in like Texas and certain parts of the, like the South that are complaining. It's like it's like you can't say anything. It's like I actually don't really think anyone's interrupting you when you're like going to the diner to get coffee and saying your hateful things. I just think you like the idea of that happening. But you know what? It is the moms in New York and on Long Island whose kids are gently or not gently being like, actually, you can't say that because of this. And maybe they resent that. And maybe they're react. There's like definitely something that people are reacting to that is not like we shouldn't necessarily inflate it. But I know there's like, it's just really weird to see New York suddenly be, have be all of these swaying districts. When we went to buy our house, the people who, not the sellers, but the real, you know, the real estate yeah. people, they were talking about, you know, they, they're advertising, you know, the amazing features of the neighborhood. And they're like, the schools are amazing and the cops are so helpful. Ugh. If you ever need anything, just call them. Crazy. Like, call the cops for yeah. fun, for help. <laughs> like, unless yeah. there's a – it's like, I wouldn't call the cops unless it was so, so necessary. And then another thing that they said that I really noted was like, they were talking about, I don't remember why I came up, but they were like, our politics are so different than the city. It's like we're a different country than the city. And mm. I'm thinking, I'm like, why are you saying this to me? Do I look like I'm not the city? <laughs> right. I guess maybe not. But like, I'm thinking, I'm like, how different? And now I realize it's it might as well be a different state. Like Florida. You're right. It's like the same draw. It's like, we're here, you're here, you're safe, like in their own sort of weird way. Long Island and South Florida are, they might as well just be one place. Gerrymander that shit together and you got one big Republican district. Yeah, we just have to put it through some sort of sieve that will sort of yank off those places. No, we just have to do better and help the people that know best there. That was our show. Thank you for listening to all of our content this week. Sammy will have, of course, updates on the Senate races. Hopefully we know more by tomorrow morning in morning announcements. That is our show. If you liked listening this week and we helped you learn more about the elections and why they matter, please give us a review. It's super important right now too because it'll help bump our show up when people are looking for it. So now, now is the time. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Millie Turs. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.